Hi, friends, and welcome back to the Period Chats podcast. On this podcast, we examine how the period stigma, along with various other stigmas, have impacted women administrators' health throughout the years. My name is Kate, and I'll be your host, along with many other amazing guests. I'm a registered dietitian with a master's degree in human clinical nutrition. I'm also the founder of Funkit Wellness, a menstrual health company. So if you're ready to learn more about yourself, your cycle, and the world, tune in and let us know what you think. This podcast is brought to you by Funkit Wellness. Check out their seed cycling kits on www.funkitwellness.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Period Chats podcast. I am so excited. We have Lauren Papanos here. She's a registered dietitian. She's the owner of Functional Fueling Nutrition, and she is going to be talking to us all about amenorrhea, aka missing periods. So Lauren, I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell us a little about you. Hi, Kate. Thank you for the intro. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, my name is Lauren. I am a functional medicine dietitian and also a board certified sports dietitian. I started out my career as a sports dietitian practicing in the collegiate setting, working with Olympian athletes and athletes of all calibers, and um, was also practicing functional medicine on the side and was really trying to bridge the, the you know gap between the two of them. Um, I got really interested in women's health while doing that because in working with athletes, it's actually not as much talked about as you would assume, but it's a very prevalent issue where a lot of athletes are dealing with amenorrhea, uh, are dealing with PCOS, and that is impairing their performance or it's making it uh, more of a clinical factor in terms of their ability to compete at the highest level. So that was really how I got interested in the women's health side of things. And then I've just bridged all of the different components of my specialties into where I am today. I am the owner of Functional Feeling Nutrition. It's a private practice based in Los Angeles, California. I do a lot of online work as well, mainly one-on-one nutrition coaching, and then have some courses and I'm going to be actually launching a membership probably by the time that this airs. So um, lots of fun things to come over there, but that's what my, my spiel. I love that. And you'll have to give us the link to your membership so we can link it in this podcast. Yeah, Um, definitely. So it's so interesting too, with your background with the Olympics going on right now, like while we're recording this or they've just gone on and a lot of women actually coming out and saying, you know, I wish I would have known sooner about like training with my menstrual cycle, or I have an absent menstrual cycle. So have you been keeping up with any of that in the news? Totally. Yeah. There has been a lot of, uh, athletes coming out in the last couple of years on just being able to align their menstrual cycle. I know the U S women's national team for soccer came out and talked about how they do that. And, um, that's really cool to just be able to see that there's more awareness being drawn attention here. I just love that athletes are starting to really appreciate the hormone side, because I think that for so long, I know I did this when I was an athlete too, is that you almost don't want to be in tune with your hormones, right? You almost don't want that menstrual cycle because you feel like that's going to impede your progress or that's going to impede your performance. And so the fact that we're actually taking the opposite approach and now we're starting to draw awareness to it and athletes are starting to say, no, this is healthy. This is actually going to help you make your performance better, right? I think that's just so amazing. Yeah, I think it's so cool. And just like hearing different groups of people coming and talking about it. So Jumping back into why you're here, I just love talking about your background because I think it's so interesting and relevant um, to what's going on right now. But what is amenorrhea? 
Yeah. So amenorrhea, there's a couple of different types. There's primary and then there's secondary amenorrhea. And it is a big word. So sometimes people get confused as to, you know, specifically what it means and how do you classify it, right? Because amenorrhea is essentially the loss of menstrual cycles. And at what point does a irregular menstrual cycle get classified as amenorrhea? There's a little bit of a gray area there, but generally it's defined as irregular menstrual cycles for a period of six months total. Uh, primary amenorrhea would be that you are beyond the age of 16 and have not had your first menstrual cycle yet. Whereas secondary amenorrhea means that you've had your first menstrual cycle, you've probably had a few, and then now you've lost your menstrual cycle and it's been gone for at least six months. There's a lot of different factors that cause this. Uh, the most common that we typically talk about and that I typically work with is called hypothalamic amenorrhea. And that's probably what we'll get into talking about more today. Um, but I would love to be able to answer any of the questions that you have on any of the other forms too, if you feel like that would be valuable for the listeners. Let's talk about hypothalamic amenorrhea first and circle back to this because I think I love the way you explain it. And I think that when we talk about it, it will explain a lot about the other one. So what is hypothalamic amenorrhea? Again, another big word that can be a little bit intimidating if you're told that in a doctor's office, what is it? Absolutely. So hypothalamic amenorrhea is essentially that word amenorrhea, which means the loss of menstrual cycles, right? And then hypothalamic, which is terming the hypothalamus, which is in our brain. Uh, the hypothalamus is a region that is within our brain and it is very responsive for our endocrine system. Um, our hypothalamus is where we release something called gonadotropin-releasing hormone, and that is going to then signal to release luteinizing and follicular stimulating hormone to our ovaries, and that's how we're then going to produce estrogen and progesterone. So our brain is actually where a lot or all of this signaling starts and it's a negative feedback loop. So if there are too many hormones being made, that's going to then tell the brain to not then signal as much to the ovaries. If there's not enough being made, that's going to tell the brain to then push more of that signaling to the ovaries. And so with amenorrhea, what happens is that that signaling gets impaired and that GNRH is actually suppressed and there's very little of that happening. And so we're not getting any of that signaling between the brain and the ovaries. And that communication is essentially shut off. I always like to discuss it as like there's two best friends and think of one best friend as the brain and one of them as the ovaries. And it's like, if you get in a fight with your best friend and neither of you are communicating and neither of you want to start the communication first, right? You're like, I'm gonna wait for her to talk to me. And the other one's like, I'm gonna wait for her to talk to me. And at some point, someone has to be the bigger person, right? And be able to reinitiate that, that communication between one another. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it. It's like, no one's talking to each other. So nothing's happening and you're kind of at a standstill. Yep, exactly. Okay. So when this happens, what are some common causes? I know that it's really intricate. Lab testing is important. Lifestyle interviewing all these things, but mm -hmm. just in general, from your experience, what are a few things that may lead to this? So PCOS, which is polycystic ovary syndrome, um, is a condition that can cause amenorrhea, but it would not be the result of hypothalamic amenorrhea. Hypothalamic amenorrhea is generally because of an imbalance of different stressors. So I always explain it as you have a cup of water and there's various different liquids that go in to fill this cup. And if we can keep that cup of water below the fill line, then we're going to keep that water in the cup and we're not going to have any spillage, right? 
But when that cup of water becomes overfilled, there's too many liquids in there. That is when then this results in hypothalamic amenorrhea. And those stressors can come from various different angles. Um, most commonly, especially in more of the active population, it's an imbalance between energy output. So how much energy is being utilized for exercise, for your organs, for your reproductive system, for everything that utilizes energy within our body, right? to the balance of how much energy influx is coming in through dietary sources. And so that energy imbalance creates this stress response, overfills that cup of water, and then that signaling between the hypothalamus and the ovaries gets impaired. But we also know that it's not just about how much you're eating and how much you're training. Their, the stress response of other components is also really critical here. So we have to really go through a process of elimination to understand what is really driving this hypothalamic amenorrhea. Is it just nutrition? Is it just exercise? Or is it potentially psychological stress? Is it you know trauma? Is it uh, infections within the body, right? Things like mold, things like um, gut infections, right? Um, you know, Lyme disease, right? Like all of these can be components that are then causing that cup of water to become overfilled. And then that is what then is going to impair that signaling. Okay. That is a great way of putting it. I love analogies. So I'm always here for like some solid analogies. So is amenorrhea just skipping one period, multiple periods? How is that defined? Generally, it'll start off by periods becoming more irregular. And so your body's always talking to you. It's just whether we choose to listen, right? And so most women experience that they're going to have a couple of regular cycles, Generally, that will start off with maybe your cycle length is getting a little bit longer. Maybe you're noticing, I normally have a 30-day cycle, but the last two months, it's been 40 days, 45 days, or maybe I've noticed that I didn't ovulate last month, right? And so you're starting to see some of these yellow flags, and then that turns into a red flag where you just don't have a period, and then that repeats itself for six months, and now we're in a true amenorrhea state. So of course, just like anything, the faster we can catch that, then we can circumvent that happening, right? But if you go too far and now you're six months down the road, you haven't had a menstrual cycle, it's a lot harder to get that brain over connection now reinitiated. Yeah, that, I mean, that makes total sense. Like your body's always talking to you and then it just starts screaming at you. And it's like, okay, I'm done. Like no more. Yeah, uh, that's how the body works, right? It's where our body's always trying to keep us at that homeostasis, right? And trying to adapt and help keep us alive. I mean, it's amazing how efficient and intelligent our body is, but at some point it's just like, I can't continue to do this, right? You have, there's something has to give. Yeah. And I think it's really crazy. Like when I heard that analogy for the first time, again, with an analogy, it's like all these symptoms or aches or pains or cramps or cycle length, it's your body talking to you. And it, are you choosing to listen? Or are you not? And it really changed the way I viewed these like symptoms. They were just a communication that I needed to recognize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause it was happening. You just didn't know it was happening. Right. Exactly. Okay. So say someone, their cycle is getting irregular. They're noticing these yellow flags. How, like, what are some questions they could bring up to their doctor or how do they find someone like you to work with? So it doesn't get to be so bad. Sure. Yeah. I think it's, you know, going through that process of elimination and having that communication with your body is a really important first step. So some of the things that I would ask yourself is how is your gut health? Has that always been poor? Is it just now being, has it just recently been poor? Is it getting worse? You know, are you dealing with loose stools, with constipation, with bloating, with um, skin issues, whether that's, you know, eczema or acne, right? If you're noticing any of that, there's something probably going on within your gut that could be a component here. 
then I would do the easy stuff, which is assess your energy balance, right? Of are you eating enough? Do you know how much you should be eating? Because I know when I was an athlete and I was first starting to get into nutrition, I just started eating healthier because I was like, oh, if I stop eating so much fast food, then my performance is going to improve. And then what ended up happening was I started under eating and then I lost my period because nobody educated me on, you can't just eat an apple with a piece of chicken and salad. That's not enough when you're exercising this much, Lauren, like you're literally exercising for four hours a day right now. You've got to eat more than that. Right. And I was just eating to hunger and was eating healthy, was picking healthy options and I didn't know anything different. And so I think really understanding how much energy do you need? You would be surprised that if you are truly eating whole foods, it's a lot of food. Like you're going to feel a little bit stressed about the situation of how much you should be eating. And that's just what your body is demanding of you. Right. And then looking at how much energy are you outputting? And sometimes that's outside of our control. If you're training for a marathon, right, you're going to have to get your mileage up to a certain place to be able to perform and not get injured during that, that race. Um, but if you're not training for something, is there any way that you can pull some of those stressors down? Right. Or can you focus on sleep a bit more? Right. Or has sleep been impaired? Have you been not listening to your body's energy throughout the day and maybe just been over caffeinating to be able to kind of mask those energy deficits that you're experiencing? So energy, both from energy input of calories to energy output of exercise to just energy during the day, your gut health, these are all critical components to the piece of the puzzle. And if you can go through those process of elimination and say, yeah, these things feel a little bit off. I don't think that this is quite where it should be. That would be then where I would investigate. How can you get those up to par so that you can prevent you getting into that red flag area? I love that. I'm all about prevention. I love that you have so many good tips on, okay, this is where you should check in. This is what I'm experiencing. Cause odds are like when you really sit and think about it, or you start to take notes, you're like, oh yeah, that is true. Like I haven't gone to, I haven't pooped in two days or I haven't, you know, I am always exhausted and reaching for coffee and it's like finding those little things and how can you tune in and heal those things before it gets so bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of doctors don't know about amenorrhea or know how to help you prevent it. And so that's also something is I think understanding that you have to be your own best advocate sometimes, which I know feels unfortunate, but you are the CEO of your body, right? And so you really want to be able to understand what your body's always telling you. And so understanding that and then being able to go to your doctor and say, no, I really think that I need some more further testing or uh, being able to find someone that you feel like can truly support you and listen to you, I think is a really important uh, component to have in place too. I agree. That is like the most amazing thing is when someone does listen and, you know, say they're coming to talk to you and you're like, yes, this is a thing and we can help you. It's like that instant relief. Absolutely. Okay. So we talked about how to prevent, like if you see the yellow flags, if we've gotten to the red flag where I have not had a period in six months and I, something's got to change, then what's the approach there? So then once you've gotten to that angle, we want to start with testing. We want to understand all of these various elements. So, you know, if someone comes to me and they say, I, you know, have not had a menstrual cycle for six months, I can't figure out why. I want to understand, you know, is there something within the gut that we need to test for? I pretty much at this point run a GI map, which is a stool analysis on all of my clients, because there's always something that's a limiting factor there that's driving some remote amount of inflammation or hormone imbalance. 
Um, so we'd start with testing, you know, test all of your hormones, test your adrenals, you know, not just your reproductive hormones, but your adrenals, your thyroid, make sure all that looks really good. Test your gut. If there's anything that we feel like might be some of those exposures, like the mold or, um, you know, heavy metals and those types of things, testing those as well. So we're really trying to understand, get all the information that we need so that we can put all the pieces of the puzzle together and we can understand what are the limiting factors that are causing this amenorrhea to, to happen and why is our body preventing you from wanting to feel safe enough to be able to reproduce, right? Because having a normal menstrual cycle is your body just saying, I have everything I need. I have all the materials that I need to be able to build the house, AKA build the baby, right? So if you don't have those materials, your body's not going to let you do that. And so we really have to put the body into a place where it's getting that understanding that it is okay. You're in a safe environment. And the physical part is a huge aspect, but I talk with my clients a lot too on the psychological and emotional part as well, because that relationship and trust with your body and your trust with your healing process, I think is such an important component as well, because we can actually be in a safe place, but if we don't tell our body that we're in a safe place, we're not going to have that brain to ovary communication that we aspire I am so grateful that you pointed that out, that it, we do focus so much on the physical, but it is everything it's gut health, it's mental health. It's feeling safe, like really addressing those things that could be all the way from, you know, 20 years ago. It's like addressing those underlying issues is the key to really being in harmony with your hormones. I love it. Harmony is one of my favorite, favorite ways to describe hormones. <laughs> yeah, because it is like, you know, I know we talked about this on your podcast, but it is like, it's like a symphony of things running together. It's gut health, it's endocrine health, it's everything, it's thyroid health, all these things together. So when you're working with clients and they come in and, you know, I have to imagine they're feeling, I felt pretty defeated because I've had amenorrhea before. And I just was like, I thought I was doing everything right. Same as you. I was under eating and over exercising. I thought I was being healthy. Um, how do they feel once you've worked together and they've gotten their period back? What are some of those success stories or, you know, feel good moments? I have screenshots on my phone and it gives me chills every time I see them because I, I was once there. And so when I see a message for my clients that says, Oh my gosh, Lauren, it always starts with an OMG. <laughs> OMG, you will not believe that I just got my period. And then it just goes on with, you know, celebration emojis and crying emojis, heart emojis, all of the things, right. To describe how they're feeling. Uh, but I mean, I truly was once there and I know just how disconnected I felt from my body when it wasn't responding in the way I wanted it to. And then when it finally did and everything clicked, I was like, thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. I see you. I recognize you. And I will do everything in my power to always take care of you from this moment forward. Right. And so that is, I think really what they also experience in that moment is, wow, this took a lot of hard work to get there, but I understand it now. I get what needs to happen for me to keep this harmony. And I'm never going to disrespect my body ever again. And I think you're so right. It changes that perspective of like, you know, eating healthier, putting in this work can feel like a chore, but then you actually realize like my body does so much for me. And then me making these choices that are nourishing to my body is rewarding and it's exciting. And it can be a gratitude practice versus a chore. So I love that you also touched on that. 
Absolutely. It's, it's such a place to be grateful for. And I think sometimes that, you know, especially with our menstrual cycles, we think of it more as a chore. And so really helping women shift their perspective on what your hormones are actually doing for you and how amazing they are. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, I've got one last question. It's not directly related to what we've talked about, but I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. So we talk about the period stigma a lot. That's where all of this started. This podcast started and trying to just dismantle the period stigma. How do you think the world would look if we would have never stigmatized women's health or periods? Oh, it's a good question, right? It's a big one. <laughs> it's a big one. Um, I think it would change our complete societal viewpoint of, of women, right? Um, I think that the stigmatism of women's health has created this idea that women are weak, um, that maybe we can't be as successful, that our only job is to, to reproduce, right? And so I think it's created a lot of those dynamics in the workplace and how men and women interact with one another. Um, and I think that if we were to see the, you know, women's hormones as empowering and as, wow, you are so strong that you can go through all of that, that you are having all these hormonal changes happening throughout the month. And yet you're still a boss with your business or whatever it is that you're doing on a consistent basis. I just think that it would change. It would flip that script on women and their bodies and strength and empowerment. I think you are a hundred percent correct. And I think we're doing a good job, of course, correcting that, but you know, still have a long way to go. We're on the road to it though. And I love it. And I love being on that team that is, I hope at least helping have some impact on that happening. Right. And that you are as well. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we're doing this together. So, okay. We're at the end of our episode, but where can everybody find you? Because obviously they're going to want to connect and we get lots of questions about missing periods. So I think Lauren is an amazing resource in this. So you guys definitely, if you're listening, need to listen up and check out what she's about to tell you. Yeah. So my practice is functional fueling. It's functionalfueling.com. I'm also on Instagram at nutrition with flow. I have a podcast, your nutrition BFF. My business has a lot of different names. So I apologize that there's all these variabilities, but we can hopefully put them in the, the show notes or the description. Um, but functionalfeeling.com is a great place to start. I have all the podcast episodes on there. I have a blog uh, where I'm posting content pretty frequently on a lot of these subjects that we're talking about. And so it's a great place to be able to learn more. Yes. I will link all of this in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on. And I'll also link our episode once it's up so that you guys can listen to um, the other podcasts as well, but thank you for coming. Thank you. I appreciate you having me.